Hi, this is John Byrne with Poets of Quants. Welcome to another edition of our continuing podcast on the Johnson College of Business at Cornell University. Today we're going to talk about courses, cases, and consulting with a management professor who specializes in strategy and a new graduate of the Cornell School who will be headed to McKinsey in weeks, in fact. Simone Williams uh, graduated this year, 2019, and will be working at a McKinsey's Washington, D.C. office. And Gada Mahul Ja, a professor of management who specializes in strategy, is with us as well. Welcome. Awesome. Thanks, John. Thank you. Thank you, John. Yeah. So, obviously, one of the purposes of a case study, and case studies are all over business schools. I mean, there are some schools where it's the predominant mode of teaching and other schools where it's a very big part. Uh, at Cornell, case study teaching is a very big part. Why don't we just start with explaining to people who don't know what a case study is, how it works. Got him? Sure. See, basically a case is, uh, I mean, cases come in various shapes and forms, but the most common type of case is simply, you know, a representation of a business situation at a real company. Usually there'll be a lot of data provided about the company. There'll be a narrative on how some particular decision situation or context and the discussion, uh, you know, basically the students come prepared with having read the case, reviewed the exhibits, which often have a lot of important and interesting data. And then the case discussion is intended to serve the slightly different purposes, depending upon the objectives of, of the class and the instructor. Uh, so, But a common objective, for instance, in uh, through case discussion is to develop a nuanced understanding of some underlying situation. And essentially, it's an attempt to put the individual in the mind and shoes of the decision maker in, in you know, or the protagonist in the case. So that's one uh, variant of it. Uh, in other situations, cases are also used as um, archetypes or exemplars of a business situation. And then the goal can sometimes be to develop a generic framework for, you know, um, making that call, uh, you know, for, for making that type of decision. So it's no longer about a given decision and about the learning from making that decision, but it's about a framework for a general set of problems. So those are some of the ways that uh, cases are used, yeah, and what a case is. And, and often it's from the perspective of, uh, you said, the decision maker, that could often be the CEO. So mm -hmm. it's, it, it's kind of an attempt to help you practice problem solving from a CEO perspective, right? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, Simone, how did you find the, the case studies? And I'm imagining that in your undergraduate years before you went to Cornell, perhaps you never had a case study. Yes, I did not. I was a liberal arts uh, child, so very far. You were a poet. <laughs> I was. I was definitely still am. So case studies, though, I think are really awesome for the poets amongst us as well, because there's equal parts context that you need to understand in order to make great management decisions. It's really important to understand the stakeholders and how the org chart works and how relationships are impacted by the global context. So I think, you know, that side of my undergrad education definitely helped in terms of just understanding um, context at play. But I think 
You know, I absolutely loved case studies. I think they allow you to get different perspectives. And um, I actually took a class with one of our amazing, well, a couple classes with our one of our amazing alums, Hernan Thias, who's a partner out of the Baines Dallas office. And I think what was really awesome about taking his class is that these are real experiences of his. So you get even more in depth to understand what the client was facing and understand, you know, what were the decisions at hand. So I loved those moments best when, you know, we have practitioners and alumni and professors who are speaking from their actual experiences. And Simone, over your two years at Cornell in the MBA program, how many cases would you say you've had? Oh, gosh, that is a tough question. Um, <laughs> I, I honestly couldn't answer that. I think especially going through the consulting recruiting process, um, I, I have no idea. But definitely at least like three a week. So quite a few. Yeah, exactly. And I, I imagine that it prepares you well for a career of consulting because you're seeing all kinds of situations, protagonists dealing with the nitty gritty issues of business or external relations or operations, strategy, marketing, and what have you. Yeah. Got on the other thing I imagine that a case study does is it helps students defend and develop fact-based recommendations and use data in a persuasive way, right? Yes, absolutely. That is one of the goals there. And uh, I uh, do a lot of the discussion is, uh, you know, sort of run through cold calling, which means that you have to be prepared to, you know, follow a discussion by other people and then be prepared to jump in and sometimes be, you know, almost asked to jump in, jump in even if you are not intending to jump in. So, uh, oh yeah, yeah, that's definitely one of the purposes is to uh, to develop a point of view, develop evidence-based thinking. And we, we push a lot as instructors to, you know, it's not just you get in, you say two sentences and you're, you're done. Uh, basically, whatever you say is then going to be grist to my mill to ask you another question, then another question, a little bit like a cross-examination. And, uh, but except that now you're not just responding to a lawyer, you're actually, you know, there's an, a, an antagonist on the other side, not perhaps antagonist is not the right word, but somebody else on the other side of, of that debate who's also asking and, you know, sort of saying, ah, but I don't agree with you and so on and so forth. And, and sometimes we, you know, consciously try to enhance that kind of intellectual sparring. And the faculty member plays the role of facilitator, conductor and an orchestra and, and guiding the conversation to where it needs to go to provide the lesson, right? Yes. Yes. That is, that is generally true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, Simone, can you recall one of the most dynamic case study discussions you had in your two years at Cornell? Ooh, that is a tough question. Let's see. I think we had a really interesting one. I think two that I really enjoyed that we actually did with Hernan were in Macy's, and we talked a bit about like Toys R Us, uh, and some of it was a little bit in, in real time. Um, and I think those moments were awesome, mostly because they were brands that I grew up with. And he was able to give really cool perspectives. You know, he'd been in, he's been in retail and worked with orgs uh, for over 20 years. And so I think having that depth of understanding of what's going on and just how the market is changing, which we're watching in real time, just how we shop, you know, he's like, you guys get Amazon delivered to your door. Like you don't go to stores anymore. And what that means for retailers that we knew since we were, you know, five years old. So I really enjoyed those cases because they felt directly tied to my own life in some ways. Gautam, you teach advanced strategic analysis and cases in strategic management. Do you have a favorite case that you teach? There are several these days. And, I, you know, the, the thing is, over the years, cases, uh, you know, kind of keep changing and so on. 
Right now, there's a, a case that I really like teaching. It's called CarMax. It's, it's about this company, which uh, essentially kind of revolutionizes the used car selling business. So that's one of my favorites these days. I also have some very old favorites, uh, which have which really illustrate sort of all-time truths of um, of running a business and, and challenges. Uh, Crown Coke and Seal is uh, one of those, but that's a very dated, you know, it's an old case, but a very powerful one. Uh, you also use a case called Live Nation, which is uh, about the digitization of the music industry. And uh, so that's uh, one, a very recent one that I like using is uh, Redfin, which is about uh, an attempt to disrupt the real estate business. And in the case of CarMax, what's the strategic challenge that's presented to the students? The, the idea here is to understand what is the nature of, you know, what is the nature and extent of the problems that remain for the, from the consumer's perspective or the buyer's perspective in a very, very mundane and, you know, very common transaction, which is buying a used car. And uh, trying to understand how exactly uh, this company is able to come up with a set of choices they make or a strategy to simultaneously address those challenges in, in a very interesting way, but also while keeping in mind that, you know, it, you're not just there to address challenges, you are responsible to your sh shareholders. So you have to come up with a way of capturing some of the value that you create as well. And uh, so I think their particular uh, uh, slant on and how the nuance in their strategy, how they look through every component or develop every, you know, seem to have developed every component of it very thoughtfully, serves, uh, you know, prov continually pro provides, uh, you know, surprises in the classroom because as you probe deeper into why they did one thing and not another, or why did they, they did two things and, you know, why didn't they choose to do only one of those two things? And that leads to uh, a fairly insightful understanding of what is a good strategy? Because what that is what we're trying to get at is, and how do you distinguish a good strategy from a bad one? Ex ante as opposed to ex post, because ex post, you know, it's kind of late there. Right, exactly. And Simone, I'm wondering how Cornell approaches preparing for a case study. So I'm, I'm assuming that you were assigned a group of people, each of whom read a case study and then met before you actually went into a class. But maybe I'm wrong. Absolutely. I mean, I think it depends a little bit on the professor as well as the focus of the class. So, for example, another professor um, that I really enjoyed is Risa Mish, and she teaches advanced critical strategic thinking as well. Um, and in her class, there's actually a pretty robust, I would say, quote unquote, worksheet that we go through that includes like context. And you're supposed to discuss, you know, what is happening in the macro uh, economic world that might impact the actual situation. You have to do a deep dive into the different stakeholders, into the company, like what do they actually sell? There's so much that goes into what she expects uh, when you show up with your group. Um, as well as when you show up to class. So there are some professors that really push you to try to understand all facets of what's going on in the case outside of just written on the paper. And then absolutely there are some professors where the expectation, the preparation looks like having met with your group to have answered like a handful of questions that they've given you and to really understand the different perspectives. So I think it depended a little bit on the professor, but by and large, yes, definitely working with your group, which should have a diverse set of opinions and viewpoints on what's happening in the case, so you're better informed for class. I think another thing a case study does is it brings you out of your shell. If you're slightly introverted or you have issues about communication, 
obviously you've got to put your hand up and get airtime in a case. You need to be much more assertive about providing your opinion, and you need to be a great listener. Gotten, do you see early students in MBA programs who enter case study discussions challenged by any of that? Yes, that's true. It, it, that is true. They are challenged. And uh, part of my role as an instructor is to help them work through that. So I, uh, one of the ways that I approach that is that at least the first, you know, a couple of sessions, first few sessions, maybe what I do is I, I let the natural rhythm of the class sort of get developed where people, you know, put up their hands. I call on them. I do some cold calling, but I also do a couple of other things. I, uh, after the first two or three sessions, I get a sense of that rhythm of the class. And then I look at people who have not been participating and I then reach out to them. Uh, sometimes I reach out in the class, in directly in the classroom, in the form of cold calling, but in other cases, I will actually write them an email ahead of time and say that, you know, uh, I was wondering if, uh, you know, I can help in, in, you know, increasing your, your sort of participation in the class and so on and so forth. And I essentially early on, I very early on in the first day of class, I've told them if you have any hesitation, any concerns, do come and see me outside separately. And I will be more than happy to, to come up with, uh, you know, some way of helping you enhance this because it's a key skill that you should be, you know, becoming more adept at during the program. Absolutely. Simone, were you cold called? <laughs> uh, a couple times. I'm actually a pretty, uh, pretty. You don't have to cold call me. I think I probably. <laughs> <laughs> Your hands yeah, in the air. Yeah, I mean, I think it also some material is just a lot. I think I, I really enjoyed case studies, and I found that a lot of them um, were different things that had come into my life at different points. One of the professors I mentioned, Risa Mish wrote a case on American girl dolls. And I was like, Oh my God, this is, you know, was a pivotal part of my childhood. So I found that, uh, <laughs> cases actually were a really awesome way for me to feel connected to material that, um, you know, I didn't have in a lot of other places. Now, and obviously case studies are, as I mentioned earlier, a good way to prepare for a career in consulting. How else does Cornell help prepare its students for consulting careers? Got them? You know, in addition to a set of these courses, which basically there is, there's actually what we call a consulting area of concentration. And that provides guidance to the students on what are good classes to take. And I mean, you'd have to take, I think, nine of those, and then you can consider, you know, you are uh, certified as, as being, uh, you know, in that area. But in addition to these courses, which actually span many disciplines, right from accounting, you know, there's a class on consulting and sorry, on strategy and accounting. So, uh, but in addition to that, there are also the consulting club, which is a fairly active group from what I can tell based on their each outreach to me, but Simone would probably be able to tell you better. There are also classes in presentations in the, you know, the skill development in terms of being able to, uh, you know, communicate your point of view. And uh, then there's, of course, uh, finally, there is a sort of financial analysis and so on and data analysis. And some of that is covered through through courses. Others are covered through workshops. So there's a fairly robust uh, sort of ecosystem of activities that students the, that are interested in in this area go through. And especially, uh, you know, uh, in terms of uh, those that are focused on, in a pure consulting career. But even those that are not necessarily focused in consulting but are, have a broader interest in developing their general management skills, uh, I suspect take advantage of this. But Simone would give you the sort of the user perspective. I, I see it more from, you know, how the, the supply side. Yeah. 
Exactly. So, Simone, what did you do before uh, coming to Cornell for your MBA? Yeah, for sure. So, my background is largely in the nonprofit space. Um, I worked for Teach for America straight out of undergrad um, for two years. I taught high school social studies. Then, at that point, knew I wanted to be on a more systemic level. So, worked in government with an alumni of Teach for America, Senator Mike Johnston, for a while on understanding education policy, and then sort of got inspired to look at business school to think about how I might be able to bridge the public and private sector to impact change. So worked at a hedge fund for a while, Bridgewater Associates, and then went back to Teach for America right before school to work on staff. So I've been straddling two very different worlds. And I think for me, the pathway into consulting was exactly that, being able to bridge public and private sector. And so McKinsey particularly does a lot of work within the public sector, whether it be with governments or uh, ministries of health or various areas that uh, typically I think people don't necessarily think of when they think of consulting. Um, And so that was my big pull was it was a way to build the skills that I already had um, and also think about how the private sector can impact change in the public sector. Yeah. So given the fact that you're a career switcher, that meant that you had to rely pretty heavily on the Johnson School to help you make this transition uh, into consulting. Absolutely. Yeah. I was definitely going to touch on more of the people aspect. I think the the whole recruiting process at Johnson was impacted by people. Like second years give so much of their time and their effort to making sure first years are prepared for consulting, like recruiting. So that looks like so much of our days, I would bet to say that at least 50% of my day as a second year was spent, 50% or up of my day was spent helping first year's case and really prepare and understand the skills that they need to display uh, when the recruiting season starts. So I also had a group of about seven first years that I was personally responsible for working with on a weekly basis to make sure that they were meeting certain benchmarks to be prepared outside of that, just helping every other first year um, who emailed me and asked for time was pretty much my life this past fall and what the second years did for me as well. So it's definitely a giving space. It's a space where people definitely want to see you succeed. And, you know, consulting is a community recruiting process. You know, you can't recruit for consulting on your own. So I feel really lucky to have been at a school that naturally was a place where people want to help each other. Plus the consulting interviews are, I wouldn't say necessarily tricky, but they're a little more complicated than a traditional job interview. And I'm imagining that Cornell helped you prepare for them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All those hours that we went into were preparing for the consulting uh, process. I think the consulting interview is by far the most difficult interview that I've ever been through. It's not an interview that you can just show up for and do well in. I mean, yeah. Um, and it's a very popular space. So, you know, the, the other the trouble with consulting interviews is that you are competing with other people, but you're not. You know, you have to know your competitive advantage and you have to approach the problem, um, reach certain benchmarks, but you also have to excel in certain ways and be able to show like why you are especially unique and what you can bring to the table. So uh, consulting interviews are very difficult and it's definitely a process that most people start preparing for, you know, actually the summer before they start business school, whether it's just like doing informational interviews to understand about the different firms. But yeah, it gets really intense around the fall time and doesn't wrap up until about uh, end of January. Got them. What do you think about all this? Meaning, do you help prepare students at all for uh, these consulting interviews? 
in one way, my class is in a sense set up for that in the sense that uh, it's kind of a staple for people that have been, uh, you know, uh, that are interested in consulting careers. Uh, I, since I just moved to uh, to Cornell, I, there is, you know, uh, the, the class is still sort of, you know, not as complete. And I'm based on in, on the New York City campus. Uh, class is not as well known among students as it was at Michigan, but even here it's, it's getting well known. And uh, yeah, so the whole process is set up for essentially thinking through a consulting interview because uh, I use uh, cases somewhat differently. And, uh, you know, in, actually there's a variety of ways, ways that I use them. One part is in the traditional sense of, you know, using cases that, uh, you know, to sharpen people's point of view and so on and so forth, discussion, debate, dialectic, all of those things. But I also use, uh, my case selection is very, very, um, uh, you know, particular. I look for cases and, and often I spend, you know, look through maybe 100 cases before I pick one. And I'm probably being conservative there. What I do is that I, the, the discussion is all uh, wonderful in terms of getting people to respond to each other and so on. But what I do try to do is pick a case that represents a generic situation. Uh, not just an idiosyncratic one. So for instance, there might be a case which looks at the problem of competition in mature industries. So, you know, the, the, the industry might be, you know, is a mature industry, but then from there, the goal is to develop a framework. So the discussion leads to the development of a framework. Sometimes it leads to the application of a framework that you already know and the extension of the framework. And other times it, it leads to the actual development of the framework by breaking down the problem to its you know, constituent uh, sort of economic content uh, in some respects. A second way that I do is that I've, uh, you know, last year I held, uh, uh, this is probably uh, given the timing of the course since I already teach in the second half of the semester for uh, the Cornell Tech folks, but uh, uh, and for the Ithaca folks. And uh, for the Cornell Tech folks, I actually held uh, a, a series of workshops and workshops there were basically, again, they involved cases, but this was more uh, sort of uh, trying to, you know, understand, you know, get additional techniques for using data, uh, addressing data, coming up with hypotheses and, and seeing how the data support or refute them. So those are the kinds of things that I do. So I think in terms of skills, it forces to, them to develop their debate skills, their analytic skills, as well as their, you know, data sort of analysis skills. And also provides them a content element, which is um, looking at how to look at different industries and different strategic situations and develop a framework, a structured way of thinking about that kind of strategic situation. Right. And Simone, you also had hands-on experiences that help you prepare for your forthcoming career with McKinsey as well, right? Absolutely. I think um, from the more, there are some experiences that are specifically related to consulting. So for example, we have Big Red Consulting, which is our consulting firm, I guess you could say within Cornell. So I had a client uh, in Ithaca that I work closely with on a product rollout um, and a couple other uh, various challenges they were having. And so that was really awesome for me to actually feel like, what does it mean to be client ready? What does it mean to help clients uh, really be data-driven and understand their problems. So that was awesome. Uh, but then I think there are a lot of other ways that you prepare for consulting, such as having leadership roles on campus. So that's a huge way that actually helped me to uh, work with a diverse set of stakeholders to understand, you know, how do we set 
ourselves up for success through certain milestones and working on projects, which is huge with teams. Um, so I think those leadership experiences, I was a student body co-president, um, which was huge in terms of helping me think about how do we get to the board first? You know, consulting is all about like getting down to it and, and you know, making a lot, being solution-based. Um, and that was what, at the core of what I was doing on a daily basis as a student body leader. So um, I think in both leadership at a small school, you're going to have a lot of responsibility that will help you, but also there are a lot of uh, initiatives that are created just for you to prepare to be a great consultant. Exactly. Well, Simone, good luck on your forthcoming career. You start in, what, three, four weeks uh, mm-hmm. at McKinsey in Washington. I'm sure you're going to do well. Gautam, thank you so much for your participation. I, I should point out that Gautam is a master teacher in the classroom. He was among the most outstanding professors named in an article that we uh, know well when he was at Michigan Ross, and he's been at Cornell Tech for the past two years. So thank you both for a great discussion. Thank you very much, John. And this is John Byrne with Poets and Quants. Uh, tune in for our other episodes on the Johnson College of Business. You'll learn a lot about every single aspect of getting an MBA from Cornell. This is John Byrne. Thanks for listening. <music>